When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. War Report family, it's your boy Mike G here with my man B. Will. We got a special guest for you guys today. Former Auburn offensive lineman from 2002 to 2006. 29th overall first round draft selection. Two-time pro bowler. Ben Grubbs. Ben, thanks for joining us, man. Man, thanks for having me. But you have a really important distinction in Auburn history in that you played for a class that never lost to Bama. Right. Your guys never lost to Bama not one time. Uh, so, uh, can you talk a little bit to us about what it's like? What is the mindset of a team uh, that won as much as you guys did? Because you also played on a, on a class that on a team that had the winningest percentage in Auburn football history over a four-year period. You know, what was the mindset of that team? Dog mentality. I mean, you know, it was it was during a time where, you know, Coach Tubb, you know, had a, had great assistant coaches, and, you know, they worked us. Uh, they did not settle for average, and um, they expected us to – they expected us to put our, our, be- our best foot forward every single practice. Um, you know, the standards were, were uh, the standards were set high by the coaches and it, it trickled down to the uh, leaders on the team. You know, when I first got there, talk about Travarius Robinson, um, uh, Spencer Johnson, Reggie Torbor, mm. man, you know, Jay Mack, you know, they, they expect a lot of themselves. So therefore they expect a lot of, of, of their followers as well. So, you know, I quickly understood what type of culture it was going to be when I got there. Cause you know, whether, I don't know if you know this or not, but <laughs> I mean, I came from a small town, eclectic Alabama, um, where we only won three games each of my last three years. Wow. So I was not used to winning. I, I knew how to win individually. Um, I, I had my personal goals and I, I had that dog mentality on the high school level. But when I got to college, um, I was quickly reminded of, or of, of what it was going to take to, you know, actually be successful, um, as an individual, as a, as a freshman, as well as, um, as a team as well. So, you know, it was, it was, it was definitely that dog mentality. I, I learned quickly what it was going to be. And as I got older and became more experienced, I, I already a, a, a adopted that mindset. So that's the same thing that I still and the guys that were coming behind me as well. 
Oh, man, listen, you talk about that dog mentality. You, you certainly played with some dogs. Uh, we interviewed one uh, last week, King Dunlap. Now, he swears up and down that he could beat you in a foot race. He said that he was the fastest offensive he, he, lineman. He, he was, yeah, he was a pup. You know, he was a pup when I... <laughs> <laughs> King, but King was, I mean, I really enjoy playing next to King. Um, you know, at first it was... It was, uh, my tackle was Marcus McNeil, um, mm-hmm. and then King Dunlap my last year. And, um, you know, King was very talented and, you know, he was blessed with size and length. Um, and he did a really good job at tackle. Uh, but, but King, me and King, <laughs> I remember I'll tell you this story. Me and King, it was training camp. My last year, we were in training camp, um, on the intramural field and it was hot. And King just was exhausted. You know, he didn't have anything left in his tank. Um, but we were doing something as an O-line unit. Coach Nall was really pushing us. And, you know, we were, it was my job. Coach, Coach Nall kind of gave it my job to bring King along. And, um, so as a leader on the team, as well as the O-line, you know, King just wasn't, he just wasn't holding his weight that particular moment. And I just remember King was on his knees and he was just like, ah, oh, I can't make it. I can't go. And I just got on top of him. I just started beating him, just punching him. In the, and punch. I'm like, man, get, you know, you better get up and you better finish this. You know, because it's, once again, it's just that dog mentality. King had to learn what type of offensive line we were going to be. And I think he got a glimpse of it that particular day. Now you talk about, we had, um, you know, myself, you know, Joe Cope, who was a walk-on. So you got to know the the type of dog that he had in in order to walk on um, in that era and then earn the respect of his coaches and teammates to get a scholarship. And then we had Tim Duckworth, who was, man, just, you know, his hands were you shake his hand, you're going to get some, some blisters. You know what I mean? Just, he was just had, had that work ethic, man, just coming out of Mississippi. He was, you know, just grinding every moment. You know, we had that core with Joe Cope at center, me and Duckworth at um, guard, and then um, Jonathan Palmer at the right top. Right. Um, JP. And then, yeah, JP. And then, you know, bringing King Dunlap along, who, who was a junior at that time, you know. He had to learn, and he learned that day what it was going to be like. He's going to learn today. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's right. not going to like that. <laughs> ben, looking at your career, man, listen, you started on the defensive side of the ball, and when you got to Auburn, they they moved you to offense, and you started as tight end on offense, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So when you make that transition, coming from uh, defense in high school to offense in college, but then to be an offensive lineman, especially with the type of grinders that you said you had as, as for coaches, um, that dog mindset, how hard of a transition was that to go from chasing guys to all of a sudden you're the guy getting that abuse and, and learning how to, to operate at that position at a high level? Um, well, it wasn't hard because my situation, I mean, I was a linebacker slash fullback in high school, got to Auburn and they, um, you know, moved me to defensive end, never played defensive end, never had my hand in the dirt. So I didn't transition that well. Um, and it was got to a point where, I, I mean, I wasn't playing. I was red shirted. It was tough. Obviously, I was expecting to contribute my first year at Auburn, um, but things didn't work out. And, you know, I was really discouraged. And, you know, one day, um, it was after a uh, spring game, you know, I was playing DN and, uh, they didn't go well. 
And I was like, man, this is this is just not for me. You know, I thought football was for me. It really wasn't. And I end up, I remember calling my mom and just, you know, letting her know that, man, this, I was just started crying, just bawling because, you know, the one thing that I gravitated towards naturally, I mean, football was just a sport that I always excelled at. But, you know, the first time I stepped on the field, um, and then to go through the, those obstacles at Auburn my first year, it was very tough and I was very discouraged. And I was like, mom, this is not for me. Um, anyway, fast forward the next week, coach Witt ended up calling me in his office and was like, you know, it's not working out. So we think we want to um, try you at tight end. You know, we, we still believe in you. Therefore we're going to move you to tight end. And I was like, coach, I'll play whatever you want me to play, you know? And so at that point, I was already broken and I was looking for um, redemption and I saw tight end as an opportunity for me to get on the field. And it was, uh, I mean, it was the middle of my red shirt uh, sophomore year um, where I ended up learning the plays. Coach Moore um, was the tight ends coach at that time. Learning the plays, I ended up getting a chance to play tight end Mississippi State game, my first game, Mississippi State game. And I was, uh, I went in motion. It's funny. I went in motion, end up missing my block. Uh, the, the guy, the guy I was supposed to block end up, um, um, getting to Carnell Williams in the backfield, but he was able to avoid him and he continued to run. So I continued to play and I end up pancaking two guys on one play and oh, wow. Carnell for a touchdown. And I, I, I got to the sideline and my, my, my tight ends coach was like, Hell of a job, Grubs, and the D and the offensive coordinator who was coaching all that year. Yeah, don't you ever do that again, Grubs? I was like, what do you, want me to do? <laughs> you know, but that was the start, man, of just me mowing guys. I mean, I was 280 pounds at tight end, going in motion, um, and I was just mowing down guys, and I did so well that year. You know, Coach Coach Mall called me to his office uh, after the season. Was like, you know, man, if you can move to offensive line, I think you will have a future there. And I said, bet, rest is history. Thank you for listening to the War Report podcast. You can find more of our content on YouTube. Please go over there, click like and subscribe and hit that notification bell so you can get notified when we're dropping more content for you. We are The War Report on Twitter and Instagram, TW Report on TikTok. Now let's get back to more of the podcast. You know, um, that's uh, that's um, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, you had coaches that recognized that you had talent. You faced mm-hmm. some adversity. Right. right. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit about mindset. So you still even though maybe you were a little beaten down, you still had that dog mindset. Right. And right. you had dogs around you. Right? right. And you had coaches who saw that you had that dog in you. Now, the move to, to, to offensive linemen obviously worked out. Right. Um, I think uh, you've had probably one of the more, more decorated careers of any lineman uh, that's come through Auburn, uh, you know, as a two-time pro bowler. So can you talk a little bit about um, chemistry? Uh, you know, big news in and around Auburn right now is, is that we got a new coach, right. and he's bringing in a new system, Coach Brian Harson. And these guys may be asked to do some things that they have not been asked to do before in the past. Right. Right. You know, and as a guy who's played, you know, at the college and the pro level and for multiple teams, can you give us an idea of what they can expect going from one system to another, maybe playing, going from playing a two technique to a three technique? Right. Well, um, 
you know, going from a spread to a pro style offense and, you know, having the uh, trend, having a transition between coaching styles, it's, it's not easy, but it's definitely, um, definitely doable as long as they got the time to prepare and the time to practice and the time to get used to the terminology and, um, and get used to the scheme that they're trying to implement. This is one thing I tell guys when, uh, as I got older and, you know, the rookies would come in and, um, <laughs> you know, they would be introduced to a new system, um, um, be introduced to, you know, some men on the other side of the ball who are just as big and strong as them. They would tend to complicate things in a sport that they've been playing since literally, you know, became too complex for them. I was like, listen, it's just football. It's blocking, tackling, you got some catching, kicking, you know, throwing. It's, it's the same game that you've been playing ever since you were in the backyard, you know, with your, with your family, your cousins, your friends. <clears throat> so no matter what the system is, um, first you're going to have to buy into it in order for it to work. Um, the coaches have a responsibility to make sure they put the, 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 the players in the best possible position um, to be successful. But once that happens, the players just have to buy into it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a team sport from the top to the bottom. And, you know, you really can't place blame on one on one person. You know, everybody got got a responsibility that they got to uphold and you got to hold them accountable to that. And the coaches need to be held accountable and the players need to be held accountable. Um, and I think within that system of accountability, you know, uh, sky's the limit. You know, sky's the limit. I do think that it's going to have to be more of a balance when you talk about offensively, like running the ball, passing the ball. I mean, if it's just something as, as an old lineman, I don't want to get ahead. I don't know what questions you may have, but as an offensive lineman, you, we need to be, you know, the five guys that's going to be on the field, they're going to be on the field more than any other player at any other position. So therefore we need to have that, um, we need to have those reps to get in the in the groove. Like there is some um, um, just a repetitive part of play after play. You know, having a balance from run, pass, you know, whatever play action. They need right. to know that. Okay, Auburn. There's they. They also have good running backs. The old line is nasty. They like to pound and grind the ball, and and then occasionally you know they throw it over top of you. You know, you need to be honest. So I think as offensive linemen. They need to know that the coaches are going to put them in the best position in the sense of running the ball and throwing the ball, but having a good balance of both, knowing when to call what. Um, right. Because, you know, we I, that's one thing that I think that just looking at the O-line, whenever I watch film and whenever I look at Auburn, like it's, it's not even fun because I, I don't watch as a fan. I watch as a, a, a former player. Oh, yeah. Um, I watch as a trainer now. I'm training athletes over here. So I just didn't see that dog. I just didn't see them, you know, running down the field. I don't even know if it's legal now, but I know you can't pick people off the pal. Uh, yeah, right. But actually just being around the pal, you know, letting them know that, hey, this is my running back. Go down there, pick your running back up. You know, if something pop off, you know, you got you got to deal with five offensive linemen, you know. And that starts at practice. You know, if, if one person gets in the fight, we all fight, you know, on the offensive line. That's the mentality you got to have. Even though we are a team, you got to be a team within a team when it comes to O-line. Right. And I always say as the O-line, as the O-line and D-line goes, the team goes. You got to have that O-line and D-line. For yeah. sure. So we're looking at something that you just said, and it is kind of getting into something that we wanted to touch on, which was 
you didn't see that much dog when you watched the the O line play mm-hmm. Auburn in, in 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 recent years. How much of that? Um, we talked to uh, Jerry McIntyre, and he told us that his position coach made sure that they had that edge that they weren't even going to see the field that they didn't have it. Right. How much of that is natural inside the player that he wants to play with that nastiness, that edge, that dog? Yeah. How much of it is instilled from the head coach or the position coach on down? And how much of it is leadership? Like you said, the players who have been there, been yeah. in the system, been in the program. What, mm-hmm. what, what portion, I guess, of responsibility do you put it on either the person, the coaches, or the players that are leaders to instill that yeah. mindset so that everybody has? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, first, you got to have it. You, you got to have it. I mean, innately got to be within you. I think it's the coach's job and the leader's job to enhance it. But I think you have to have it already in you. And I know that, one, if you didn't have it, especially when I was there, you weren't going to play. You know, it was going to be exposed in practice. And not only is it where, where the coach is not going to trust you, you know, you're the teammates. I mean, you know, if if somebody couldn't hold their own, you know, we were going to – they weren't going to play next to me, you know, because we right. – there's there's accountability. There's you, and one reason why can't you hold your own? You know, is it is it because one you you're not taking it as serious as we are? Is it that you are enjoying the college life too much and you're not in your playbook? You're not studying. You're not eating properly. You're not in the weight room, making yourself bigger, faster, stronger. You know, you're not doing the things off the field that you need to do. I mean, there's a lot of factors into it, but that play into it. But I I do first and foremost, I think that you got to have it. And then secondly, I think that you know the coaches. Um, they they have to bring it out of you. You know they have to en- enhance it so that it continues to evolve and grow. And I'll give you an example. There was a one. It was uh, I think my second um, my junior year. It was after the, one of the um, scrimmages right before the spring game. And um, you know we we scrimmaged our defense and we didn't do well as an O line. And so <laughs> you know we we thought that man it was just going to be a you know, we just chopped it up as a as a bad day for the for the O line, but Coach Nall had other plans in mind. You know, we were getting ready to go go back to the facility, um, but Coach was like, "Hey, O line, meet me on the practice field." Now, this is after this is after you know two hours of practicing and scrimmaging, and we hit the sled for about thirty minutes. I mean, people throwing up. Uh, it's hot out there. We just scrimmage, coach. You know, give us a break. You know, we'll get them next time. You know, no, it wasn't any of that. You know, and I think that right there also brings the dog out of you. You know, to push yourself past uh, uh, you, the, the limits or the limits that you set for yourself. Um, to push yourself past that threshold where it is now painful to do something. You know, most people will quit. But to know that you can go that extra mile, to know that your body won't fail you in those moments. Um, I mean, this is just invaluable, man. You know, and and, and I my hats off to Coach Nall. I mean, he made a man out of me. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach Knox made a man out of me. Just talk about two of it. I mean, talk, no, talk about redshirt freshman. I mean, workouts. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> if you didn't become a better man, stronger man, uh, if you didn't believe in yourself a little bit more after those workouts, then something you just don't have. You know, you just didn't have. And the people who didn't have it, they didn't make it. Thank you for listening to the War Report podcast. As we continue to grow, we're asking our community for help. 
So if you would like to support us, please visit the About section on our YouTube channel. You can also find the link on our Facebook page. We appreciate your support and War Eagle. Right. Well, you know, um, you said you touched on uh, a lot of good things. And I got to tell you, great minds think alike. Because when we we talked to King, uh, we asked him, you know, what advice would you have for any young recruit coming in to a new system with a new coach? Um, And he said, buy in, which is something you just said, buy into the system, Mm -hmm. you know, work hard, you know, uh, uh, fix your mentality and trust the coaches and trust the process uh, for the coaches to get it out of you. Um, you also said something that was very important that I want to highlight. Um, you you whooped King's ass, and I'm not sure a whole lot of people can lay claim to whooping King's ass. I tried once; it didn't go well. <laughs> so I'm glad to see that uh, somebody got that done. I, I, I'll be interested to see if he disputes uh, uh, that account. Uh, of that amnesia, yeah, he probably have. <laughs> King was already defeated, you know. Uh, in his defense, he was already defeated. I mean, he was he was done. He was literally on his knees. Um, mm. We were doing drills, but he fell to his knees. I mean, probably heat exhaustion, and he just had it. But uh, he, yeah, he was he was going to have to, you know. I made sure he understood what the the tempo that it was going to be. You know, it was my senior year, yeah. um, and it, I didn't do anything that anybody else wouldn't have done that came before me. Um, right. You know, you know. You know so the, the fights that you talk about uh, as a camera guy, having been personally out there and filmed it, <laughs> um, I was always told to delete the tapes of the fights. <laughs> uh, so I, I witnessed the brawl or two, but I remember the intensity. It was just a bunch of competitors, and you guys were all on the same team, right? Right. And uh, we would get in. Uh, uh, what was the drill, Ben? Where because it used to happen during two a days. And you guys would go down on the field, on the intramural fields and line up D line versus O line and just go at it. This is what this is when tempers flared. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, I mean, you're not a seven on seven drill. It's one on ones, right? Yeah, one on ones. Yeah, so you guys would do one on ones, and um, the coaches would 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 say to say to you guys, the guy. The only person in front of you that you need to be worried about is the guy in front of you is the only person you need to be worried mm-hmm. about. Whoop his ass. Oh, yeah. And it would get yeah. so it would get, intense. Hey, Dun Dun, uh, Terry Price. Terry Price. I mean, yeah. Man, it was it, it would be so hostile. I mean, you didn't know if the coaches were about to fight. You know, that's how that's how yeah. things were. Yeah, that may or may not have happened. But uh, <laughs> uh, I can tell you that what that translated to on the field, uh, I really felt like was was what was an undefeated season. It translated into you know the winningest four year stretch. Because you know what what it did was it, it even with the fights, man, it brought us closer together. You right. know, we left the fights on the field. You know, we walked back in the locker room. You know, we there was a, a higher level of respect for that other guy over there right. because we know that man. When when something gets tough, you know, they're going to go to battle for you. Right. And you know, and you pair that with um, like the you know the undefeated year. You know, the theme was hard fighting soldiers. You know, brother Chet. Right. You know, He's uh, still there. He's still right. there. Still there. I mean, monumental, man. I mean, the things that he instilled in, you know, the guys who chose to go to chapel and, um, um, and the, you know, just Jason Campbell, Running Brown, Carnell, um, you know, those, those were the leaders, man. And you saw that. So you saw two sides of it. 
And I thought, I think they were very important. You saw the, you know, the dog, the, the dog mentality, you know, the fights on the field. But then, man, behind closed doors, you know, the night before the game in LaGrange, Georgia, you know, Georgia, you know we would get together and we would pray for we would pray for each other and we would, um, you know, we would say, you know, th- there were some tough things going on with our with our brothers that um, were family related, um, you know, coaches were going through stuff. Coaches were in there. A lot of coaches came and, you know, we had prayer requests, you know, somebody lost somebody, you know, please pray for my family. And the next man, the man next to that person would, would pray for him. And, you know, that went on the whole year. And, it was it was man, it, it was very very special man i never forget that never forget that year and it made you know it just made us brothers for life yeah you know um what i hear is i hear that you guys had a culture that you had a culture you had an internal culture yeah. that was family it was it was mm-hmm. toughness it was holding each other accountable and i think that the average fan doesn't understand how much of that plays into what we see on the field on saturdays Right. right, because you guys are, are whole human beings uh, with feelings and lives and, and things that you go through, right? Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, and the field is church just on Saturday, right? right. Where you get the, the, the work it all out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, uh, we really appreciate you uh, joining us, Ben. Uh, you know, you've had you had a long career, um, uh, longer than most, uh, given that the average uh, NFL career is less than four years. You you, know, you played for eight. Um, you know, made a couple Pro Bowls. Uh, no, you should cut me short in one. Oh, did nine. you play for nine? Yeah. Okay, my bad, my bad. Was was for 10, <laughs> okay, all right. Listen, King King fell one short of ten too, like because he made it nine as well. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, can you talk a little bit to us? You mentioned that you're training kids now. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's what you're doing now in your in your post playing career? Yeah. So um, it was a journey, man, to get to where I'm at right now with training kids, but. You know, I've never been, um, I've never been opposed to trying, just you know, trying things. So when I retired, um, one thing that kept me sane, one was my family. So you know, I'm married with four kids, so <laughs> that'll keep you busy and keep your mind off of some things. Um, but aside from my, besides my family, um, you know, I always wanted to play music. I mean, I always wanted to learn uh, how to play the piano. So I end up enrolling in um, Berkeley. Um, College of Music out in Baltimore and, um, you know, taking lessons, um, learning the piano. So I ended up learning how to play the piano because of that. And then from there, I I went, I I enrolled in uh, Liberty University online and I, um, seminary. I was like, you know, this is, uh, I want to learn more about my faith. So I ended up, you know, diving into, into uh, seminary school quickly found out that that wasn't for me okay. <laughs> because that's a whole nother beast you know um and i was like so what do i really want to do and it was during a time where you know i worked out i was working out twice a day you know just trying to uh just trying to feel that void of not playing football so i still found a challenge in working out and getting stronger end up losing you know losing 60 pounds after i retired got back down to uh, you know, 258 right now. Oh wow! From 315, you know, I'm down to 258, and so, um, I was like, "Well, I love working out. I I'm starting to get that itch to be around football again. I don't want to coach." And I was like, "Man, maybe I should, you know, train." So since I was already enrolled in Liberty, I just 
changed my major from, you know, seminary school to um, exercise science. Um, and so uh, that's the path that I've been on for the past three years. I'm, I'm four classes away from getting my master's in exercise science. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I ended up, I was studying. I got my degree in um, public administration at Auburn. Okay. Uh, then I, so I'm in, the, I'm, I'm four classes away from getting my master's in exercise science. And I also started my business, my training business. Um, it was 2019, right before the pandemic um, hit. I started my training business, and so I've been been training athletes, you know, offensive line, D line specialists. But you know, I, I train uh, in the area that I, I live in. You know, a lot of um, a lot of kids just need that uh, the, the foundation of just speed and agility, and you know, functional strength. So. You know, I'm not. I'm, I, I train DBs. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. DBs, uh, wide receivers. You know, I, I do it all. But I, I specialize in O line, of course. Um, and I, I teach quite a few D line as well. Okay. Them. Well, listen. Hopefully, you're uh, teaching them to have that dog mentality like you right. did. Man, I, I have to. I, well, you know, <laughs> I teach my kids that. But you gotta be careful when you mess with other other people's kids. <laughs> I, I let the parents know. I'm like, hey, can your son handle? Hard coaching. He's like, no, you know, he's not fragile. But I was like, you know, we'll soon find out because the mindset. I mean, it's just, I, I don't even think about it. You know, if something's not done right on the field, you know, you fix it. You know, if right. if you if you don't if you're not strong enough, you know, we're gonna push the sled. We're gonna do things that that would directly transfer. You know, if you if you're not conditioned, we're gonna run. Um, I'm gonna put you through a lot of drills. You know, I don't, my goal isn't to make you throw up, but I had, you know, they throw up out there, you know, because they're not conditioned. And, and at the end of the day, one, for any kid to think, you know, I've, you know, a lot of kids say, I want to be like Mike, or I want to, you know, kids in my neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, I want to be like Ben. You better be careful what you ask for, you know, because right. you have no idea what I went through. You have no idea, you know, we, we kind of know what Mike went through from his documentary. Right. But you know, we, the people only see the after product, the, the end result. You know, but they when you peek behind those curtains, and you see those days that you know, I, you know, uh, throwing up, getting cursed out, weren't I wasn't playing, um, thinking about quitting, crying, questioning myself. You know, you 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 quickly. Um, are hit in the face with what's what's reality, you know. And but that's what makes champions, you know. Right. That's what makes champions. And everybody that I played with that reached on uh, success on any level, you know, has a story to tell you. You know, it's just a matter of not do you want to receive that story, you know. But nowadays, the kids they just don't they want that instant gratification, you know. It takes hard think, work. It's disrespectful to say that you're gonna that you're gonna you know be be an athlete you know be a premier athlete and not put in the work you know it's disrespectful you know to the game of football you know you just can't disrespect the game the game the game has given me so much and um so I demand that out of the guys that I train you know and if you you know you may find out that football isn't for you. You know, I'm not even cussing you out out there. You know, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you just imagine, man. I was, I was, man, getting cussed, especially on defense. I mean, when I wasn't performing, I was getting cussed out every day, man. It was like that's what it's like. The coaches came to practice 
so that they could cuss me. I mean, seriously, it was it was like it was that bad. So, um, but you know, obviously, I um, I can look back on those on those moments and I can appreciate those moments because it made me mentally, physically, spiritually tough. You know, you can't have you can't have a rabbit skin. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, you know, Ben, I, I think that uh, we all hope that our new coach uh, brings a little bit more of what you had to the Plains here in the coming yeah. years for certain. Sure. Um, so that we can. Well, I'll tell you what, Alabama's doing that. You know, you, mm-hmm. that's that's the culture that they're instilling. You know, right. guys yeah. know that they're going to work hard. Saban so doesn't take any any BS. You know, you, you know what it is. And that's what it should be. You know? Right, which is why y'all beat them as much as you did. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I gotta say exactly. they didn't have it, they didn't have it before exactly, you got. Well, anyway, listen. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Um, I, you know, I think our listeners uh, really benefit from you know hearing uh, your testimony. Uh, you know, kind of what you went through, and, and you know what linemen go through. Hopefully, they can relate, relate a little bit. Thanks for joining us, Ben. We are the War Report. Please click like and subscribe on YouTube and hit that notification bell so you can get notified when we're dropping more content, more interviews like this for you. We are the War Report on Twitter and Instagram, TW Report on TikTok. Gentlemen, we are signing off. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.